Welcome to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. Our topic today is about an interesting, provocative, and perhaps even fun way to discuss death using a game called The Death Deck. With us in the studio is Viv Tipton, Executive Director of Hospice of the Foothills, and Marianne Davis, Marketing and Events Manager. Welcome, Viv and Marianne. All right. Well, we are going to be playing a game pretty soon, but I want to let our listeners know a little something about you both. Um, Viv, you've been on this show before, and uh, you've talked to us about hospice, and you've talked to us about grief. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you were drawn to Hospice of the Foothills after a career in healthcare. Um, I think what drew me and what kept me engaged in healthcare for so long is the same thing that I love about hospice, which is it's all about connection. It's all about, all about relationships. And in the healthcare field, in acute healthcare field, you're really focusing with folks um, and on what their current problem is, whether it be um, if their lungs are working or if their knee needs to be replaced. The draw to hospice work and end-of-life care was really about moving into the whole person care and because we get the benefit of doing wraparound care where we're looking at um, psychological, spiritual, and the clinical needs of the bodies. So um, connection, and then it just felt like a natural next step for me. And as I said at the beginning here, our topic is, is about talking about death here on Embracing the Journey, and that um, we have this game to play that is going to help us uh, called the Death Deck, and Marianne, you are the marketing and events manager for Hospice of the Foothills. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you have chosen to focus your talents in the event management and marketing for hospice. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've been in the area about 35 years with my family, raised them here, uh, worked with a lot of wonderful organizations in town and with a lot of great people. But something about Hospice of the Foothills really spoke to me. I was looking for a career change. It's been four years ago now. I was looking for something different, but I was looking for something with a heart, with a mission that I could really get behind and really feel connected to. And of course, I've lost people in my life and I I'm learning really well how to talk about death and not be so afraid of it. And this has been an amazing experience for me, as is finding this game we're going to play. Well, and that's such a great segue. So I wanted to ask you both, why should we talk about death? And we'll go to you, Viv, first. Okay, wow. Um, because it matters to all of us. All of us experience it. It takes us deeper. There's something about thinking about, contemplating, and exploring with each other what our wishes are, what we think about it, what our fears are, that allows us to connect on a deeper level so it enriches our relationships. And again, there's nothing else. There's even folks who don't pay taxes. Death and taxes really are it, and death is really it. Absolutely. And, and Mary, what do you want to add <laughs> about good. why it's important for us to talk about it? You know, I want my family to know what I want at the end of my life. I don't want them to guess or worse, have my boys arguing, well, mom wouldn't want that. Yes, she would. And said that at a time when they're supposed to be grieving or doing some caretaking, they're fighting. 
and that's not a good situation. So I think we need to talk about it to lessen that anxiety and that fear because we are all going to do it. Well, that is so true. Uh, but it is a little bit of a heavy subject. I mean, I'm so glad that people come and listen to us talk about why it's important to talk about death every month. Um, but I wonder, do your friends and family avoid conversations with you when it comes to talking about your work? Oh, my husband's not a fan. <laughs> He's not liking to talk about death, although I have seen some progress in the four years that I've worked at Hospice of the Foothills where he is starting to come around. But he's, uh, I think, in denial. It's not going to happen. And Viv, what about your friends and family? You know, um, for those of you that know me, I can be a force and um, they don't really have a choice. Um, we play Death Deck with a group of friends on Christmas Day. Um, we're all in our 60s. And it was amazing what we learned about each other. And so my friends and family know it's kind of part of hanging out with us and have, I would say most of them were open to it, but now often they're looking for it. I was sharing with Marianne earlier today um, at my birthday party recently with a bunch of family up and my niece and her husband, they're in their early 30s. He said one of the things that he loves about our family is our openness to talk about death. And we played a little bit of death deck that night and we all learned something that's gonna that was very important to Marianne's point about what my stepfather would like should something happen to my mom. And what struck me is we would have gotten it wrong. I would have supported him in a way that I thought, not the way that would that will actually support him. Well, this is a game that we're going to be playing, the death deck. And how did you first hear about it? I heard about it at work. Our One of our um, social workers, uh, Michelle Tagg, who is our community liaison, had found it. Um, and we were talking about using it as education in the community, as a way to get people talking about it. We talk often about uh, normalizing the conversations around death. So I found it at work, piqued my interest, and I grabbed one and have now inflicted it on my family. And have you inflicted it on your family, Marianne? Uh, not quite yet, but I'm will, I am going to be doing that soon. I do have my own deck. I've oh, been out and okay. My own. Yeah. Well, I did do a little research on the Internet, and uh, it is a, a game box. It says, perfectly sized for travel, 112 questions. There's an instruction booklet. And it, this is what's interesting. It says, unlimited stories and laughs to share. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of humor that comes from talking about death once you get past that initial uncomfortableness about the topic. Absolutely. We had, um, when we were playing with our friends on Christmas, one of the gentlemen who will go unnamed, um, the question was about, would you wear a piece of jewelry with cremains in it? That is something that's that's quite common. And he didn't quite understand the question, and he thought you might possibly have a bone hanging around your neck. And um, <laughs> we roared, and we explored how we feel about such things. So um, it is a lot of fun. Well, in, on this game box, it does say that ages 13 and older can play. Mm -hmm. uh, players 2 to 10, 
and it takes about 30 to 90 minutes if you play a full game. Is that your experience, Viv? Yep, that was our experience. And uh, I got a shout out to my husband, Mike. We totally won. Oh, so you can win. <laughs> oh, oh, you can win. You can win. And it's similar for folks um, who remember the newlywed game. When you would ask questions of your partner, you'd answer questions for your partner and you get points when you get it right for what they would have said. So it really sparks that, oh, how well do I understand my partner? And um, they they thought it was rigged because, you know, of what I do for a living and everything. Um, But it's always good to win, right? Hey, (laughs) a spoken fight by a true competitor. Well, I think we should play. And so okay. we've each selected a few cards to ask each other. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start because I have one that came right off the box here. Um, it said, after I kick the bucket, announce on my, my death on social media. And A is pretty quickly, I want everyone to know as soon as possible. B is never, don't tweet my demise. And C is whenever, I don't really care, I'm dead. So who wants to answer that first? Marianne? Sure. Um, I think there's a fine line between right away and letting the family know first. That's a terrible way to find out somebody's died is by seeing it on Facebook. But once that's done, go for it. Okay. And, and Viv, what about you? I, I'm, I'm really indifferent. For me, it's up to what the, my family and friends would need. Okay. So you're I'll kind of dead. a C. I'm a C. Okay. I hate saying I'm a C. I try to be an A. <laughs> <laughs> Once yeah. again, competitive. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I hadn't thought about the making sure the family knows, but yeah. I think I could go with an A. It's like get it out there. Yeah. You know? So, okay. Uh, let's see. Marianne, you're next. Sure. Okay. Pick a card. My question. What keeps you from talking about death more? A, anxiety and worry about my own demise. B, it stirs up too much grief from prior losses. Or C, nothing. I accept it and talk about it pretty openly. Viv. So, you know, I'm going to go with C, even though I would like to comment on... um, I talk about it pretty openly, but what will pull me back if I sense somebody's hesitation. There are folks, I, we're, we're laughing and joking here tonight, but for some folks this is really difficult, and so sometimes that will stop me um, from, that will, I will approach it in a different way so that it's in a way that can be heard. And can you go over those answers again? Yes. What keeps you from talking about death more is A, anxiety and worry about my own demise. B, it stirs up too much grief from prior losses. Or C, nothing. I accept it and talk about it pretty openly. Well, I'm going to go with C. I don't know that I completely am at that 100% acceptance, but A and B don't work for me. So what about you, Marianne? Oh, I would say C also. Because I'm pretty, I mean, but four years ago, I was not at a C. Um, I was probably at a B because I'd lost some close relatives. And, um, but now I'm learning that that's part of life and we move on and we never stop grieving. We just soften it. Great. Okay, Viv, do you have a question for us? I do. When you are dying, what will matter most? A, comfort and freedom from pain. B, having my loved ones by my side, or C, 
spiritual support in transitioning to the other side. Lori. Oh, I think I'm going to pick B, having my loved ones by my side. Although all of them are really important. I don't want to be in pain, and I do appreciate the spiritual transitioning. Yeah, I agree with Lori. They're all important, but I'd say B as well, if that's the one I had to pick. I only pick one. I'm going to go with B as well. I think we're rigged here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank. And my guests today are Viv Tipton, Executive Director, uh, and Marianne Davis, Marketing and Events Manager of Hospice of the Foothills. And we are playing the game, The Death Deck. And I think it's my turn to pick a question. Okay, so let's see. Okay, my question is, if despairingly lost on a desert island, I would, A, expect family to search indefinitely. This this is me we're talking about. Come look for me. Uh, B is be happy knowing they painstakingly searched about a year. And C, hope family assumed I died and threw me a fabulous celebration of life party. Okay, Marianne. Oh, that's not an easy one. I would guess... And I've always told my husband, if I'm in a coma and there's no real hope, don't let me linger. And it's kind of the same thing. So don't search for me forever and ever. There's a point where you have to just call it done. Um, but the party should be really good. So I'd say C. Okay. Can Viv. I get the answers again? Yes, you may. <laughs> so you're, you're despairingly lost on a deserted island. And you would A, expect your family to search indefinitely because this is me we're talking about. Uh, B, be happy knowing that they painstakingly searched for about a year. And C is hope that family assumed I died and threw me a fabulous celebration of life party. I, I definitely see. Definitely see. Um, there, if, if you're meant to be found, you'll be found. And who knows? I might be liking chilling on that island. <laughs> a little solitude. Not always <laughs> You never day. know. <laughs> okay. Marianne, you are up. Okay. <laughs> How often do you let the ones you love know how you feel? A, very rarely, I'm not one to share my feelings. B, fairly often, in the right moments and on the right occasions. Or C, constantly, and they've asked me to stop. (laughs) So Viv. I'm going to go with C. I've always been very verbose. And they've been asking me to stop since I was about five. Um, I haven't stopped yet. And I just got to tell you, Marianne, I love you. I love you, too. I absolutely (laughs) love working with you. And Lori, (laughs) how awesome has it been being connected for all these years? I love Uh, you, too. I know. I love you both. I really do. (laughs) And I'm going to have to definitely go with C because it, it, it just... Once I remember as a child getting over the hump of saying I love you and... It's like my friends, we all say it. My family's always said it. And it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to say. Marianne. It is. I agree. See, my, even my boys, and they're grown men now, we always love you, love you too, on the phone and every time. So, yeah. If they don't know how I feel, they're not listening. <laughs> all right, okay. Viv, you're up. I'm up. Okay. Do you trust doctors to give you all the information needed to make healthcare decisions? A, absolutely, they know best. B, 
Mostly. I think doctors' personal beliefs sometimes cloud professional judgments. C, no. Doctors are constantly screwing up. Well, I'm going to go with B. I don't think that doctors ever are constantly screwing up, but I do not think that they are the ones to... Uh, um, I, I, I'd want to take that in my own hands. I agree, B. I, it's, it's, we're partners in the healthcare. The doctor and me. <laughs> and I, I'm going to go with B as well. Um, I think it is a important relationship that we have and that it's important as patients to and patients families to make sure that they're working with their physicians and with all of their health care providers to ensure that there's good communication going back and forth in in uh, to go over your goals of care what matters to you as we age it changes drastically and not just at the end of life what is important to me now is very different than what was important to me at 30 um, as far as my well-being and it's changing the relationships with our physicians and with everybody that we consult so for me it's a solid b and it has no, it has more to do with the, us as the patients than it does them as the uh, physicians. Well, it sounds good. I think it's my turn again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's see. Um, this is an interesting one. And if you've been listening to this show for a while, you, this, this may not come as a surprise to you. Um, so which of these eco-friendly burial options would you consider for your remains? And A, recomposition, recomposition, which is body composting, which we did talk about last year. Aquamation, cremation by water. And C, mushroom burial suit. Yep, eaten by mushrooms. So Marianne, if you were going to have an eco-friendly burial option, which would you want? Oh, dear. Uh, what was that first one again? It's recomposition. Recomposition. Okay. I believe so now like that human we, composting. Yes. Sure. Let's go with that because I like gardening. Okay. Makes sense. Alrighty. Yeah, I'm I'm a strong A. Okay, strong A. I'm kind of fascinated about this mushroom thing because I have not heard about it, so we'll have to find someone who can talk to us about it. So okay, well that was that was easier than I thought. <laughs> didn't surprise us. Didn't shock us. Not that one. This one might, though. Okay. Is it my turn? Okay. Which of these would you be most mortified to have the cause of your demise? A, an erroneous swim in piranha-infested waters. B, an electrical mishap hanging holiday lights. Or C, death by nachos. Which I assume means choking or I don't know. <laughs> So am, I, am I up? You're you up, Bev. You know, um, I really like swimming. And so, and the piranhas would probably be quick. And, right, isn't there those piranhas or those, those little fish that give you pedicures as well? Um, I, I would say just for the adventure of it, and I'd probably be somewhere cool if there were piranhas in it, right? I, cool and exciting. So, oh, well, which would I be most mortified by? Yes, not it's the one the you prefer. It's the nachos. I don't. I do not want to die from from <laughs> food from food from getting a Dorito 
caught in my throat. Um, so no. So look at I. Of course, I go down the track of oh, I would like piranhas. <laughs> which, which would I prefer? Well, and actually, I listen. I heard the question the same way, Viv. I'm glad you clarified because. The nachos, that, that would be mortifying. Um, but also the whole Christmas light thing, I, that would really bother me. And it's amazing how the bronze is not really that bothersome. But we haven't heard from Marianne yet. Let's see. I'd be more mortified to be eaten by piranhas, I think. I think hanging holiday lights, it would be fast. I mean, you would, if you're electrocuted, you're, you're done. Um, and I think it would take a little while to be eaten by piranhas. But anyway... <laughs> So now I've gotten it all wrong, too. Most mortified, I guess, the piranhas. I don't want that. Okay. That turned out to be a weird question. All right, Viv, you're next. But I'm telling you, the giggles. The right? giggles. See, we're laughing, yes. Okay, so I'm going to, uh, this is, <clears throat> growing up with my, growing up, my family dealt with death, A, by talking openly, sharing feelings, stories, and dark humor. B, in a no-nonsense sort of way, stuff happens, you move on. Keeping it all bottled up and avoiding any discussion. I think I would go with B. Um, I think in the last few years, especially since I had my father on here to talk about his terminal illness and he's since passed away, we, our family's gotten really good at talking about death. But uh, growing up, I think it was definitely... it. Unfortunately, in our family, it didn't happen often, but it happened, and we just moved on. So I think I'd go with B. I think I would also go with B, but as a child, um, we didn't talk about it. It was just kind of not spoken about beyond the moment it happens or the funeral. So, yeah, I think B. We just talk about it, and it's part of life. I, for my family, I'm going to say C. I think we kept it all bottled up and avoided any discussion uh, because I have a deep affliction with curiosity. It was very, it was a struggle for me. And we had a friend, a family friend who was one of the first hospice nurses and was working up in San Francisco um, during the AIDS crisis. And I remember asking her, what do you do for a living? And, and she explained it to me and I was probably nine or 10. And she goes, I help people die. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, we all need that. Because I had had a grandmother who passed away. We had had a babysitter who passed away. And nobody talked about it. And I would poke. I would try. And, and, and so it became very secretive. And I remember then going, oh, that's a cool job. Wow. And you were 9 or 10? Yeah, I was 9 or 10. I was a kid. Wow. That's that's pretty impressive. And it, well, mostly just because I wanted to know stuff, and I knew they were something was to be known. Wow. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's cool. All right. So is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Marianne, would you consider going old school and having a funeral in your home? And a nope. There's a reason that funeral homes were invented. <laughs> B. Yes, if the service involves an urn, no, if there's a coffin. And see, totally, sounds like a warmer, more personal uh, goodbye. I would have to go with B. I'm not sure. I'm totally there, being comfortable with an actual body in my home like that. I know it happens, and I know it can be very beautiful. 
not quite there yet. So the urn would be my choice. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with B as well. I think I would be comfortable with A. I know for a fact that my husband would not. Um, so a B could happen, but probably not an A. Okay. And I think probably a B. We have had some shows where we've talked about the home uh, funeral, which I had never thought about before. And um, it really does sound like a beautiful thing, but I don't know, considering my family and friends, their comfort level. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And I think we have maybe time for one, maybe two more questions, but let's, let's go with okay. it, Marianne. All right. This is on organ donation. It's all part of that same topic. Organ donation is A, a real chance to save someone's life. I'm totally in. B, I thought I've, I thought I've been carrying around in my head, but I have yet to put in writing. And C, on the off chance I need them afterwards, I just can't do it. Oh, I'm A. Take what you yeah. need. I'm totally A. Me too. Okay, then that gives you a chance, Viv, okay. to wrap it up. <laughs> okay, and this is, this is one of my favorite ones. And I think this is an important one for us to think about and let our loved ones know. When I can no longer tell you what I want to hear, please play. A, my all-time favorite music playlist, audiobooks or inspir inspirational words. C, the sound of the ocean or a river with a bedpan nearby. Definitely the sound of water. Oh, I want my playlist. My karaoke rehearsal playlist would be fun. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I would go with A. And uh, one quick story before we go off. My brother, who um, died of pancreatic cancer 12 years ago, um, we talked about this before. Um, he passed away. And when he was dying, um, we were able to play the ocean for him because we knew that's what he wanted. And that is one of the um, most dearest memories that I have. Wow. You know, it, I definitely have enjoyed myself tonight, and hopefully the listeners are realizing it's not so scary to talk about these things. Um, I do want to, to hear from each of you um, what you, you would like to hear to have the listen, listeners um, do after this or think about after listening to this program, and who wants to start? For me, it's just um, if you're curious about it, if you want to talk about it, find somebody to talk about it with. And if you can't find anybody, call me. Call. Um, I'm at Hospice of the Foothills, and um, we, it is one of our commitments, and our mission is to um, provide this service for our community. Mm -hmm. And Marianne, what about you? Yeah. What would you like people to do or you think know, about after have, this? Have these conversations. They're not easy to start, but that's what the beauty of this death deck is, is it gives you a tool to go, hey, let's play this game. And people might squirm a little bit, but then they'll realize, okay, this is kind of fun. It's funny at times. And we learn a lot about each other. I learned some things about people every time I played this that I was surprised about and thought, wow, if I didn't know that, I might have done it wrong for them. Yeah, and so we just picked cards and talked about it. Mm -hmm. But um, what is the real game? There's about a minute left you could tell us. I mean, what, if you were going to sit down with your family, 
So if you're going to sit down with your family, you're going to separate into pairs and you're going to get you're going to guess what the other one would say for the purple cards. There's also yellow cards, which are just thought provoking cards. And so then you get a point for each time one of the partners gets the other one. Correct. And um, whoever gets to I believe it's like 30 wins the game. So there's a winner, and that's always important. We all want to be winners. <laughs> I don't mind being a loser, but I really like being a winner. And, and how many times would you say you've played this? Um, this is probably the fifth time I've played it. And um, every time I've learned something different, I've discovered something different about myself. Um, when we played it with our friends, um, the, there were probably three things that were, that changed what we will do in the case that one of us passes away or when one of us passes there away. There we go. You <laughs> yourself. Not <laughs> <even> me. <laughs> yeah, and Marianne, you, have you played it to win yet? Not, I've never played competitive death deck. <laughs> Just like this where we read the cards and we share. But I'll have to try that. Well, we've been playing the death deck here on Embracing the Journey. And you're listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and my guests have been Viv Tipton, Executive Director, and Marianne Davis, Marketing and Events Director of Hospice of the Foothills. You can tune in and listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Tuesday of each month at 6.30. Thanks, Viv and Marianne. Thank you.